In this episode of AwardsCast, Gail Callis, Editor-in-Chief of the Journal of Histotechnology, meets with Louis Cherboga, Region 1 Director and the 2020 recipient of the Editor's Award, a unique NSH award given by the journal editor for outstanding accomplishments in the realm of publications. They talk about the importance of reproducibility in scientific research and the steps JOH has taken to improve its standing in the scientific research community. I'll now turn it over to Gail. I'm Gail Callis, Editor-in-Chief for the Journal of Histotechnology, which is the official journal of the National Society for Histotechnology. And uh, I am uh, Luis Chiroboga. I'm the Director of Histology and Immunochemistry at the Center for Biospecimen Research and Development at NYU and a member of the editorial board of the Journal of Histotechnology. Brief background on the journal. It was created in 1977, and the focus uh, has always been to understand complex biological systems, to improve patient care using histotechniques, prevention, and, and to treat disease. We stress education on new, improved, and traditional histotechniques for all tissues and cells and from all species using review and original articles, technical notes, case studies, advances in technology from clinical veterinary and other research disciplines. We also provide continuing education units, CEUs, for NSH members with the uh, test your knowledge feature. A brief background on the editor's ward is it's personally given by me, the editor-in-chief, to acknowledge a person who has supported and worked with the editor in the past year and for uh, the journal. Lewis received the award this past uh, year as he was guest editor for the December 2020 special topics issue, and uh, that was a huge task. He reviewed the manuscripts. He recruited submissions. He also submitted two articles and editorial. He suggested JOH improvements, and one is now we uh, have people submit photos for the journal cover without having to take it from a manuscript. His expertise, however, in immunohistochemistry has really led to strict manuscript guidelines for reporting immunohistochemistry assays so that these are reproducible. Lewis is always there. He helps me, provides publications when I need them and keeps me informed about other journal publications. In other words, the industry, and last but not least, is his sense of humor. Thanks, Gail. I want to talk a little bit about the indexing of the journal. The journal is recently indexed on PubMed. Can you tell us what that means and why that's important? The journal was indexed on PubMed in 2020, and this is important because this means that by being on PubMed Medline, we, the journal, are discoverable and visible to the scientific and medical community to access journal publications, find authors, and attract manuscripts. There are some PhDs, MDs, and veterinarians who will not publish in a journal unless it is on PubMed. So being on that index is extremely important for our health and uh, visibility. Lewis could talk about the special issue on validation and reproducibility and why this is important uh, topic for histology. So thank you, Gail. Uh, first of all, I wanna thank you and the, the editorial board for all the support 
um, that you've thrown my way and, and helping me out with the, with the special issue and, and acknowledging the effort by, with the award. I, I think that was, that was really nice of, of everybody at the, at the journal to, to do that. I think that the, the special issue in, in my mind is really a, an important part. We're at a, at a crossroads in the biomedical scientific community in terms of publishing literature and um, the stringency at which we publish that literature, as well as the stringency in terms of the experiments and how they're performed. And I think by and large in the, in the clinical community, standardization is very well known and used and applied every day. But in the research community, it's far, far less. And in one, in particularly in the immunostochemistry area or in the histology area, it's really, really lacking. There is no standardization. In, in the 25 years of, of experience that I have dealing with researchers, it's pretty much the wild, wild west. It's the way I look at it. So, you know, coming up with some simple methods um, to be able to validate and demonstrate reproducibility of any histological technique is really super important. And I think that the special issue shows a couple of efforts from different approaches and utilizing different techniques from brand new assay that we developed in-house for multiplexing to, you know, a very robust antibody validation that was done by the crew at Cell Signal, um, as well as, you know, some histochemical uh, assays that were modified and, and validated and then demonstrated in the, in the issue as well. You cannot put a price on the stringency of quality of science that you do. And I think everybody needs to turn it up a notch and, and really stay on top of that in order to avoid a lot of the misinformation that's you see in the literature right now, which is a real problem. And I think that's really the, the key of this, this special issue. I would look forward to perhaps doing another one in, in another couple of years to see how much progress we've made. So it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. It was great communicating with a lot of people, a real pleasure to communicate with the editorial board and all the authors and uh, Taylor and Francis as well. This is something that we're seeing in, in a lot of journals. I think this is across the whole publication industry in science that this is starting to happen, at least from the literature that I've been reading. Uh, that the, the stringency is, is increasing? Yes, it's, or it, it's increasing because of the need for re, good reproducibility. Yes, uh, absolutely. I totally agree. I, I have, in the last few months, have seen more editorials from more different journals addressing reproducibility. A lot of it is being driven by core laboratories like my laboratory and flow cytometry core laboratories and other laboratories that do core work. So they're doing a lot of work for researchers. This tends to be where you see a lot of the editorial information coming out of because of the experience that we get dealing with so many researchers and, and seeing how they don't implement the correct steps to, to, to make sure that their stuff is reproducible. So yes, absolutely. It's definitely going to be seen more just in the general literature. And in addition to that, I mean, you know, you and I have talked a lot of and just recently talked about it, you know, the issues with predatory journals and all that kind of stuff where the stringency of the um, review process is much less. And that contributes to the lack of reproducibility. And I, I had a number in my head from several months ago in terms of the number of predatory journals that there are out there and, and how much it's increased oh. in the last several years. And I don't even, it's some phenomenally ridiculous number, but it gives you an indication of how 
we've lost our focus and have moved towards publishing for the sake of getting your name out there as opposed to publishing good science. And I think that that's yeah. going to come full circle. Yes, that's one of the things that one of my duties and the duties of reviewers, actually, when you're doing a peer review, you really have to get into the manuscripts publication list and screen those. Uh, if you see something that isn't quite right, you can actually uh, communicate with the author. You don't want to point fingers, but you definitely need to inform them that it's it's not going to be allowed. So, and and consequently, in the editing process, which is something I do, is we now have very strict guidelines that we follow, thanks to Lewis and other people on the editorial board, that we see reproducible. Uh, not only information that you can find the products, but to actually take what is written and do it in your own laboratory. 